I'm Sarah, a PA and mama to a six-month-old little boy. And I'm Maria, a third grade teacher expecting my first baby in September. We certainly don't claim to be motherhood experts. In fact, we are just beginning to figure this whole thing out. But one thing that we have quickly realized is that pregnancy and motherhood require a great deal of sacrifice. But what a gift that sacrifice is. It gives us the tiniest glimpse of the sacrifice our Heavenly Father made when he sent his own son to die for us, a death that we deserved. Through motherhood, we get to live out the gospel message of sacrifice daily, as we do our best to love these little people that the Lord has entrusted us with. So whether you're drinking hot coffee and praying to one day become a mama, decaf while you're growing your babe, or cold coffee that was once hot while you meet the needs of your littles, come hang out with us while we chat all things motherhood and discover what the Lord is teaching us through the sacrifices of this sweet season. Welcome back to the Cold Coffee Podcast. I am Sarah, and I'm here with Maria. And this week, we have a special guest. Maria's husband, Spencer, is here with us. <laughs> Yay! So glad to be here. <laughs> Please don't do weird voices the whole time. I won't. You probably will. Um, this is my husband, Spencer. He is the brains behind this whole operation, but he's not going to take credit for that. AKA, but you guys would not have anything to listen to. If Literally, it were not for Spencer. he had for all sure. the microphones, all the equipment. He made the website, the he know-how, runs our Instagram, our Facebook. Yeah, so Justin yeah. and I are the production team, and <laughs> the ladies are the um, the talent. talent. Oh. <laughs> so we stay so behind talented. the scenes, just make sure that they're they're put the, on the best platform. Yes, and they're the best cheerleaders. <laughs> yes. Silent cheerleaders. (laughs) But you're not silent right now. Okay, we're never going to get started if we don't get started. So Let's get started. (laughs) Maybe, Maria, tell us, or you, Spencer, someone can maybe tell us a little about Spencer. And then this week, Maria and Spencer are both going to share a little bit about their journey to get pregnant. So I know Maria has mentioned in previous episodes that... They tried for eight months before they got pregnant, and so today she's going to share a little bit more about what they tried and just their journey. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to say like what you do for a living briefly? I think that you would do it better than me. Okay, so Spencer has his own social media and marketing company. Um, it's called Harvest Digital Marketing, and it's in Roanoke, where we are. And um, he's had it for a little over a year now, probably closer to a year and a half. Yep. Um, and him and his business partner, Maggie, run a lot of social media for local businesses in Roanoke. They started out with a lot of restaurants and breweries and stuff, but um, this year I feel like they've really branched out to other types of companies and he loves it and is obsessed with it and it truly is one of his callings in my opinion so correct thank you correct <laughs> you're welcome let us begin i'm gonna let you do most of the time i'm just gonna <laughs> oh sit here and when you need me i'll be here <laughs> okay for sure um so we tried to get pregnant for eight months um and there are three things i really want to say like caveats before we get started um the first is that none of us here are doctors sarah's the closest she's a pa (laughs) um so she's way closer than the rest of us but everything we're going to talk about today is just from research and again sarah actually did take classes on this so she probably has more legitimate information than we do um but we're just going to talk about things that we researched and found out along the way um and the second thing i want to say 
is that this whole journey that we went through really made me feel for people that truly deal with infertility because we'll talk about it later, but what we dealt with technically isn't even infertility. Mm -hmm. And it's still, in my opinion, is one of the hardest seasons of life we've ever been through, if not the hardest. Right. Um, So my heart just really goes out to anyone who is struggling with infertility, is going through treatments or is taking medicines or has dealt with loss um, of a baby. I just really just, it's just all I've ever wanted in life. And even having difficulty with it for eight months took a massive toll on me that I didn't really expect. So I don't want to say any of this without saying that, number one, I'm so blessed and completely in awe of God that we got pregnant. I don't deserve it because it's the coolest thing on the planet. Um, The most amazing. Yeah, that my heart just goes out for them. And then the last thing I want to say before we get into the nitty gritty is that We're going to talk about a lot of stuff we did. We're going to talk about theories and how long it took and what I did every few months. But at the end of the day, like we do believe like God let us get pregnant. I'm not Mm going to sit here and say like this vitamin (laughs) helped us get pregnant because there's really no way to know. And I know that it was just God's timing at the end of Mm -hmm. the day. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's just my big spiel to start with. (laughs) No, I love that. And I think that's a great way to start. Yeah, this episode out by saying those yeah. things and and I wanted sure. to say so it took us eight months um and so technically that isn't infertility so I wanted Sarah to tell you what that technically means because she <laughs> semi studied it in co- you did study it in college yeah. you totally did so yeah and I we've mentioned before but women's health is where my heart is and mm-hmm. what I'm super passionate about so when I was like going back and reviewing stuff since I'm not practicing yet I was like oh I love this stuff like I love sitting down and learning and reading and staying up to date on this stuff. And so mm-hmm. it's just fun when you get to study something that you love and are passionate about. Mm-hmm. But so the technical definition of infertility is failure to conceive after one year of regular mm-hmm. unprotected sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. So that means you have to be trying to get pregnant for one year without being mm-hmm. successful. So technically, like Maria said, she technically, or they as a couple, yeah. were not infertile, right. um, even though it took them a little bit longer than what they hoped. Right. Um, And then usually after the one-year mark is when, if you go see your doctor, Mm -hmm. they will start to talk to you about, okay, we can do these different tests um, and maybe take a closer look at, okay, what could be causing or what's the problem behind you guys not getting pregnant. So Right. And and a lot of doctors, like, won't see you until a year. I feel like you can, like, pay – maybe to go see them earlier. Like I've heard of some people doing that. I don't know if insurance would cover it by any means, but like my doctors were literally like, please stop worrying. We'll see you out a year. Like, yeah. And then we'll literally worry about paid it or talk no about mind it. to it. Like everything that I went through is really quote unquote normal for people trying to get pregnant. Right. And it's not, it totally does not always happen for people the first month or the second month mm-hmm. or the third or the fourth. So it's not mm-hmm. unusual for it to take a little bit of mm-hmm. time. It's just not always something that people are as open and transparent about right. like Maria has been. Right. So, And people are, I remember, and I don't know the exact statistics off the top of my head. I should have looked them up. But the ma- the majority of people get pregnant through the, 
um, between three to six months. Yes, that's right. And then it's something like 90% after a year. And then I remember my doctor telling me like, if you bump that out a few months, it would probably go up to 95%. Like it's really within that first year mark that they say the majority of people end up getting pregnant. And that's again, when you go to the doctor and say, okay, what can we do to help this out? Right. Um, For sure. So yeah, we tried for eight months and there are a lot of thoughts and things I want to say because it really was a journey, but we really added in a few things at a time to start trying to help us because something I quickly, quickly realized is that this could be, I don't know if I'd say a full-time job where we were, but definitely a part-time job. It's just a lot to think about day in, day out. It's a lot to do physically sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we started a few things each month. And I remember the first like three months, I don't think we did anything besides your normal thing you do to try to get pregnant. We didn't do anything else because I I always laugh. I I was raised... um, Catholic and loved being raised Catholic, but you're always told like, if you do this, then you get pregnant, period, the end. And so I remember like us trying for the first three months and being like, okay, we did this and we didn't get pregnant. Therefore, something must be wrong with me. Right. Because you have this perception that that's just how it works unless you've done a ton of research or talked to a bunch of people about it. Yeah. So that was like one of the first few crazy things that went through my head and some months we would take really seriously um some months we would almost I don't want to say take off fully because like we're still married right but we wouldn't try as hard I I just there were some months where I would have such a hard time that the next month I'd be like I just need to not think about this this month like I just need to breathe and we just need to be in our normal relationship and yeah And I think, too, you might mention this later, I'm not sure, but there were months where it was, like, super hard on you, and then Mm -hmm. other months where you were totally fine with it, too. Um, It was kind of a roller coaster. It was a major roller coaster. Yeah. A major roller coaster. And I kind of feel like, I don't know, the months where it wasn't so hard on you Mm -hmm. is a little bit easier to, Mm -hmm. I don't know, try a little harder. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. No, for sure. Anyway. Yeah. So I might I might say that next, and then we could talk about some of the specific things we did. Sure. Yeah. Does that sound good? Mm-hmm. So um, I wrote down literally the hard uh, yeah. the hard months that we had. Um, the first one I remember very vividly because I started going to a new doctor here in Roanoke. I was very excited about it, and it was the second month that we had tried to get pregnant. Um, And I was five days late on my period, which is completely unheard of for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I truly don't think it has ever happened before in my life. I am a very regular person. And so I was five days late on my period. And I had taken, I bet I took three or four negative pregnancy tests. But that's another thing about pregnancy. I always laugh. Everything you read is like... It could be a false negative or it could be a real negative. Mm-hmm. You could have tested too early or it could really be negative. Like there's no answer. Everything yep. is very gray. Um, and so I'd taken a bunch of false or not false. They were negative tests. And we were getting ready to go into my appointment and I still hadn't started my period. And I was like, honey, we could go to this appointment today and we could find out that we're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, 
that's what could possibly happen. And we both, Spencer was too, because he's been way more hopeful than me in this whole process. Um, the longer my period didn't come, the more convinced we were that sure. we were pregnant, even though we didn't have a positive test. We were still using the crappy test too. We were still using the crappy yeah. test. So even that could have been a factor, <laughs> yeah. you know. But still, this has just never happened to me before. Right. So literally, I bet it was two hours before my appointment, I started my period. Of course. And so we went into the appointment, and I was just a basket case. And then, of course, you go to this appointment, and I'm going to talk about this more later too, but you're surrounded by women with really cute pregnant bellies and women with newborn babies, and it's just yes. like... It just hits you 10 times harder that that's not happening to you. Right. Um, and again, this was only two months into trying, but it was the late period that made it really hard. Yeah. And so I remember going into my doctor and literally just being like, we've tried for two months and I'm already like crying because yeah. I just, I was just so hoping we could go in and they'd be like, let's do a blood test. You're pregnant. You know, yeah. but shout out to your doctor. Yeah, we're not going to say her, but she's the actual best. And um, she really, that's also when I knew I wanted her to be my doctor because she gave me such a peace of mind at that appointment. Um, really, like, not only is this normal, but she looked at me and she was like, you're healthy. We're going to mm -hmm. get you pregnant. Like, I really feel. I remember you telling me that. Yes. yes. She was like, I really feel there's no part of me that's not optimistic about this. And she is very personable and sweet, but also chill, like very yeah. low key. And so me sitting there sobbing, like that's what I needed. I needed her to be like, mm -hmm. we've got this, calm down. So anyways, that was like the second month of trying. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the next few months we tried pretty hard. We added a few things in. So I guess I can do that as we talk. So um, I've actually been tracking my period closely since we got married right? Um, because – I've never been on birth control because I have a large fear of it, which is probably <laughs> not warranted. And I know that so many people are fine on birth control, but it terrifies me. So we used other means. Own. Yeah. We used other means to not get pregnant for two years. And then at our two-year anniversary, we started trying. So I already knew when my periods came, approximately how many days. I've always been able to feel ovulation. So okay. I knew... Yeah. That that was happening. I've always had stabbing pains in the middle of my period. Um, so I knew also, that that was happening. Yeah. I just was going to add that typically when people or couples start to entertain the idea of mm -hmm. trying to conceive, tracking your menstrual cycle mm -hmm. is like the first place to start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. And the that app was perfect for app. you guys. Oh, yes. I used the Glow app and I loved it. I know there are a lot of apps out there, yeah. but I really liked the Glow app. Um I can't remember. I feel like a family friend or someone told me to use it, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we we had tracked the whole time. I also really, just because I've always wanted to get pregnant and been super excited and interested in it, um, I loved the whole process of tracking my period because yeah. even that in itself I thought was interesting and really telling about my body and things that were I going think, on yes. that I hadn't noticed before. So. That was really cool. Yeah, um, I love and that. Then, also, question. No, Sorry, no. I'm going back. So you <laughs> said that you guys started like two years that you'd been married mm -hmm. was your date that you had mm -hmm. set. What made you guys pick two years? Like, was there a rhyme or reason? I don't know. Um, I wanted to 
push it off from like the day we got married. <laughs> right, right. Uh, he used to say five years and I used to laugh in his face. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were no like, offense, I would like a Sarah baby sooner Justin. than that. No, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That was also me being like funny and also kind of just wanting to be married for a couple of years. Yeah. And like get a house. I 100%. And, like, yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it was kind of that thing. We were like bargaining. Bar- what is it? Were you like, I said Compromising. And she, yeah. Compromising. She was like one. <laughs> bargaining. And then we just kind of like, you know. Well, whatever. no. And I, I think I had always said two or three. Um, but when we had been married for a year, we were like, okay, we don't feel ready for this. Right. Yeah. Well, it's Um, just so funny. I didn't know until we did that episode, um, about how we found out we were pregnant mm -hmm. that you guys, I guess I never thought about it. I didn't even know people when they got married were like this many years, we're going to try. That was something Justin and I never talked about. Well, it was also super random but our anniversary is labor day no memorial day weekend in may yeah and um if we were to get pregnant in may the timing with my school schedule would have been perfect so that's another reason the dates just kind of perfectly lined up because if we got pregnant late in may i would have had a february or march baby yes gotten three months off at the end of the year plus summer so it would have been been the way to max out my maternity leave the most, which yeah. is really funny. I worked with a teacher in college that planned it that way. And I remember being like, I'm doing that. Write it down. Like, that's LOL. brilliant. Yeah. And it worked for her. LOL. Yes. But anyways. Um, we were so I just thought, I just remember when you guys shared that. No, that's other a good episode. question. And I was like, I think part of it too was like I mentioned before, like I knew I wanted to go to PA school. And so also I'm Mm -hmm. such a planner and a dreamer and I want, like, I'm already like, okay, baby number two. And Justin's like, whoa, Mm -hmm. like, let's just enjoy this season. Mm -hmm. Let's like keep figuring things out. So we kind of felt the same way. Like Mm -hmm. we for sure wanted a few years of marriage, like just learning about each other and figuring out this whole new season and just getting to like travel and enjoy things and to each their own because some people want Mm -hmm. a baby and have a baby right away and that is so Mm -hmm. fine too so I think just super important couple to couple and yeah I also will say I think we have a niece and nephew that we are very highly obsessed yes (laughs) and um beyond like understatement I yeah. know this is untrue, but I don't know how I'm going to love my baby more than them. Like, I know that's untrue, but sometimes I look at them and I'm like, there's no way because you're perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, that no, was really... Wait. Uh, I know. That was really important for us because I have been around babies before. Like, I've worked in a daycare in the baby room. Um, Spencer hasn't so much. And so I think being around our niece and nephew really gave him, like... Yeah, I've never, ever known a baby, like, close to my family. And, like, from birth. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I've yeah. never gotten that to, was like, Justin. hold a baby and mm-hmm. be kind that of That was Justin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had, like, my youngest two siblings are eight and a half and ten years younger than me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I got to experience right. my mom being pregnant, going to the hospital. But, yeah, Justin had literally never right. changed a diaper or fed a baby a bottle. Yeah. Same. And see, but Mm -hmm. see, I've also always been the person that's like, can I hold your baby and do this? Like, I'm just (laughs) that crazy person. But that was really important for Spencer too, I think, because Lindsay, his sister, was immediately like, can you watch her? Like, when Eliza was born. Yeah. And um, 
he did and he could and he was able to. And so I right. think that gave him a feeling of like, oh, like I'm capable of doing confidence. this. Yeah. yeah. Even though it was on a small scale, like I'm not saying babysitting <laughs> for two hours is the same as raising a child, but. But funny story with that really quick, if I may. The first time I watched Eliza. <laughs> I love this story. I was like taking mental notes of everything she needed and stuff. And, <laughs> and my she sister, was like two or three months old. She was pretty little. <clears throat> yeah. My sister like. Right before she was getting ready to leave, she was like, she just ate, so she really shouldn't have to eat before I get back. And I was like, okay, cool. Don't feed the baby. (laughs) And so, like, the last 30 minutes my sister was gone, she was crying so much. And I was like, I can't feed you, and I don't know what you need. So I literally was carrying her to the front window and then to the back window just over and over again. And just like, look outside. Yeah, and I was just sweating (laughs) I was so hot, and it was like every time I changed windows, she'd be like distracted for a second, and I was like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) And then my sister was like, Why didn't you feed her? Yeah. (laughs) You were like, You told me not to. I didn't know that was an option. Yes. I also, sorry, the more you, the more I think about our timing, it was loving them, getting to know them well. It was also, um, I felt like both of our jobs were in a decent yeah. place. Mm-hmm. We were both pretty happy. We had just bought and fixed up our house. Yes. Um, and we knew, like, Roanoke is our home for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, we feel Your stable people are here. here. Our people are here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I think that more, like, we, I think probably closer to a year and a half, we were like, okay, two years. Like, we were ready to start yeah. at yeah. two years. Well, yeah, and we kind of wanted to start a little earlier, but we were kind of mm-hmm. like, well, we have this great schedule. Yes, for school. It that up, didn't work. So <laughs> Again, in a perfect <laughs> world. Right, yeah. right. But, yeah, I think that's why. And we actually, okay. I laugh, I think we started, like, two weeks before our anniversary. Like, yeah. I think we still ended You're up like, starting yeah. a little it's early. Yeah. But anyways. Well, well, I love that. I just sorry. That's that a huge a, feel, but no. We've no, also no, been I together for nine and a half years, yes, yes. so I think that has to do with it too. Thank God. I will always say marriage, and I don't mean this. I feel like this could come off sounding egotistical, and I don't mean that. But marriage was a pretty easy transition for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we really were comfortable with each other quickly, and yeah. I always laugh like arguments that we got into weren't surprises to me. Like, I was like, I know you. I understand why we're having this argument. We can get through this. For example, so marriage was such an easy transition that I think that also made us feel more ready. More ready as well. Sure. Okay, so anyways, um, some of the things we tried. We we started with ovulation tests because I know that's one of the most basic things you can do. And Um, the most common cause of infertility is not ovulating, fun fact. But you obviously were ovulating. Right, and that's something I'll say. The more we did this stuff, the more I did feel confident that we would get pregnant because I had proof that my body was doing the things that it was supposed to do. Right. Um, So that was really important. So we started with ovulation tests, which are literally, for people that don't know, they literally feel a lot like a pregnancy test. Yes. Um, Like you pee on a stick, you get lines. Some of them, the lines look exactly like pregnancy test Mm -hmm. lines. Um, but they tell you if you're ovulating or not. Um, and they actually measure some of the same hormones as pregnancy tests yeah. too, which are super interesting. Um, we did some intimacy stuff, which people can research on their own, but there are some things that are, I don't even know how scientifically proven they are, but there are right. like wise tales and stuff of things that you can do to help. I don't know if this is related to that so much, but Maria's aunt swore 
that stop I needed to try not wearing underwear <laughs> all the time <laughs> and as funny as I thought it was I was also like duh I can't believe you're saying this I think it's hilarious <laughs> I think it's so funny. That was funny though because I told her we were having a hard time and she was like, "Is he wearing yeah, underwear?" It was like and the I was first Yeah, thing. it was the first response she had. And I was like, That's hilarious. Stop it right now." <laughs> and I don't I mean, I only went commando at home. Well, yeah, or when I was wearing like pants that was like, I don't know. It was most Yeah, yeah. I wasn't wearing like athletic shorts around. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Looking like that dude from Keep Batman. it PG. <clears throat> Sorry. That I don't stop. I don't remember his name. Mm-hmm. But anyway. No one needs to know. I think that was the thing that made it happen. No, whatever. I'm just you weren't even that committed to <laughs> that. Yeah, it I was more committed. of a joke. Okay. <laughs> Justin, like, can't But it's something it right you tried. Justin's I know. next to me and literally is trying so <laughs> hard not to make If you need to cackle, Justin, we won't kick you out. I promise. If you hear Justin <laughs> laughing in the background, <laughs> <laughs> he's trying so hard. I did not know you were going to say that. Of oh, course yeah. you did. Um, Surprise. This is Spencer. Honestly, I feel like we tried ovulation tests for a good majority of the time. I thought that between tracking our pregnancy, tracking our pregnancy, tracking my periods, and ovulation tests, we would get pregnant. I just did. Um, I feel like at around month five or six of trying, I had another full fledged breakdown. I legitimately remember sobbing on our living room floor. Like, oh, yeah. It was bad. I just couldn't. I was just having such a hard time. And I will say that's when I started getting really down about the whole thing. And I was like, I told Sarah earlier, I felt like, I just felt like it would never happen. All The only thoughts I was feeling were negative. Um, and honestly, I probably felt that way for, I would say at least two months. Which is so hard. Like in our flesh. Yeah. That's 100% where our mind is going to go, and that's Satan. And he knew that this is what you wanted Mm -hmm. more than anything on this earth. And so Mm -hmm. 100%, he's like, that's where I'm going to get her. Yeah. And I was saying earlier that um, Jenny Allen, who's like a famous Christian author and podcaster, I was listening to her podcast a lot, and she talked about how when we keep our thoughts in isolation or – Yeah, in isolation and just not even telling anyone, like, this is what I've been feeling lately. This is what I've been going through. That's where the devil gets you because Mm -hmm. there's no one, like, feeding truth into that. Like, you're just hearing the negative and no one's like, wait, hold up. This is what the Bible says. Like, this is what the truth is. Um, And I feel like even with Spin for a while, I didn't, and I tell Spencer everything, but I feel like it took me a while to recognize, like, wait, my thoughts have fully turned from Mm -hmm. like being hopeful and excited Mm -hmm. to just completely negative and like this is not going to happen. Um, And so that was really, really hard. And something... And I think you might be right about to say this, but we might talk about it later too, but everyone, when you're trying to get pregnant and Mm -hmm. you tell them, they're like, oh, it's going to happen. Oh, gosh. Oh, it'll happen. And I think (sighs) this at this point in time, she was very much like mad at those people and yeah. like frustrated because she's like it's not it's not happening and right. like she had gotten there mentally where she just mm. believed it wasn't yeah and it was so weird for me to see that like flip because yeah. I was hopeful the whole time and mm. she was very hopeful and then it was like 
at first she was taking like, guys, it might not happen, so please don't say that. And then it was like, it's not happening, so please don't say that. Yeah. Right. It was like a Which weird... like could have been partly a defense mechanism, do you feel like? Like yeah. if you oh, like almost sure. like ex- Right, like expecting the worst, but like still yeah, right. she was trying to protect her heart at Yes. At right. That Which point. is so funny because you say that and it's like if we weren't able to physically get pregnant, there's nothing that could have protected my heart, you know? At the end of the day, I'm going to be crushed, right? Sure. So, like, saying, let me think the most negative thoughts ever, so then I'm surprised, is just... So, yeah, it was really hard, and um, honestly, I feel like, and I'm actually kind of towards the end of our journey, towards about month seven, we tried a lot of new things. Um, I started drinking a tea that was just called, like, a fertility tea every Mm -hmm. now and then, um, Spencer started taking vitamins called Fertile Aid. Yeah. Um, I started drinking this thing called Pregnitude, and it was like a powdered drink that you would drink every morning and night. Mm-hmm. Um, I started taking my temperature, um, which yes. is something we can talk about. It is so interesting to me that your body's temperature That was spikes. like the biggest indicator to us. It really was. So I'm looking at this. Another thing we did was I followed a lot of accounts, and I ended up reading this book that a friend from church gave me called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. And it was literally my favorite book ever. Like, I feel like I learned so much. This thing is like a textbook. It really is. Just thick bunch of words. Yes. But it was (laughs) And I couldn't put it down because it was so cool. And I remember even reading the basic stuff, I remember looking at Spencer and being like, you know this thing that's always happened in my body? This is what's happening. And I never it's knew amazing. that. It's amazing, which is a whole... I could just talk about the uh, the all that I, I feel for... <laughs> I don't know if you guys Ugh, know this. I can't. What? But what initially sparked my interest in the medical field and specifically women's health, I was sitting in IV biology with Mr. Garst, my senior oh my year gosh, of high school. <laughs> Shout and out. we were studying... <laughs> I know, Mr. Garst... And we were studying the reproductive system. And I was like, if this, yeah, I was like, if this does not point all fingers to God, then I just don't even know. And so 100%, like, that's why I'm like, this stuff is my jam. Like, I love this so much. I just think it's just gives us like the tiniest glimpse of like how amazing and every perfect detail when he Mm -hmm. created us and, Mm -hmm. you know, gave us the ability to reproduce. And it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's all I can say. No, it's incredible. And I, in this book, she swears that your three um, main things you need to focus on trying to get pregnant are your your waking temperature, your basal body temperature. basal body temperature. Um, your cervical mucus, which is yes. semi-TMI, and I'm not going to go into, but again, very interesting when you yes. realize what's <laughs> happening in your body. Yes. That was another chapter. I was like, this is unreal. And then the last one is, um, oh no, I'm going to forget. What was it, Bubba? There's another one, and I'm going to remember it. Temperature, mucus, and... Oh, it might have been your position, your cervical... Oh yeah, position. Whether it's um, yeah, yeah. Again, another team. I think. Yeah, I didn't. I was gonna say that, but I was like, Should I? no, it's true. <laughs> but then I'm not gonna go into depth. Yeah. But it's another thing that is really interesting when you realize it's happening. Um, and the mucus and position I knew was happening because I've been like, kind of in touch with my body for a bit on that because we've been tracking this for so long. Right. But the temperature was the last thing I didn't do, um, up until like month seven. And yeah. mostly it was because I was like, I forgot. 
like honestly, you don't think it's that big of a deal. Right. But I wake up at like 5.15, 5.30 for work in the morning and just to grab a thermometer is not first thing right, because on my the mind. Most, the most important thing about checking or tracking your basal body mm-hmm. temperature is you cannot, you have to do it before you get out of bed, before you use right. the bathroom, before, before you, you go to the drink shower. anything. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. for it to be like and a so, true, yes. you know, indicator. And I kept So I started taping it to her forehead. No, you didn't. While we slept. But I literally, I kept forgetting. But wait, um, I, want, but, I want you to tell me, which you're probably going to get into detail about this, but mm-hmm. I love just like that you guys were doing this. What, um, so typically it's more helpful to you, for you to like look back and say, okay, I actually ovulated mm-hmm. versus using it as a tool to say, okay, I'm about mm-hmm. to ovulate or I am ovulating. Right. Let's try. Right. 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 Okay. Right. So the cool thing about, so you're right, this temperature thing, you have a pretty normal temperature. I can't find the exact numbers right now, but it's really easy to find. Your temperature stays pretty normal. And then the day after you ovulate, it spikes. Yes. Um, And that is due to progesterone. (laughs) Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So you're right though, but it's funny because even reading it, I was like, well, babe, this isn't really going to help us. Like we can't go back in time and, you know, do the deed right. once we figure out my temperature has spiked. But since I was doing tracking and ovulation tests, mm-hmm. this was more of just like a driving it home. Like, yes, again, your body did do what you thought yes, it did. exactly. You know, and now your temperature spiked. And honestly, when we did, I'm kind of jumping the, but this is one of the things that made me really know I was pregnant. Right. Um, I did not feel any symptoms period whatsoever nothing I felt absolutely no symptoms um but I knew the day we woke up to take a test Mm -hmm. that I normally have 13 to 14 days past ovulation before my period starts always and that phase of your period normally doesn't change if you are late on your period it's normally the first chunk before Mm -hmm. ovulation where the days can vary But the days really don't vary after your ovulation. It's almost the Mm -hmm. same every time. And so that's really the thing. When I woke up the morning that my period was supposed to start and my temperature was still high, that was one of the main reasons I knew I needed to take a test. Yeah. I love that. So really. Which is crazy. I was like, babe, she told me in the book. (laughs) Like, I really was. And it was was true. Yeah. Yeah. And it was. I just want to make sure that, like, listeners understand that the whole basal body temperature thing and like tracking that is Mm -hmm. so amazing, but really it's to help you like retrospectively look back and say, okay, my body, like you said, is doing what it's supposed to. Well, yeah. And this is something like we could totally maybe post with the podcast or something, some links to this, but the charts that some people make Mm -hmm. when they're charting their temperatures are insane. They're so crazy. Cause Um, you have to be very specific, like to the right. Mm-hmm. Like with the degree and well, yeah, yeah. because you're it's it here it is above ninety eight. Yes, I want to say. Oh, I don't know. I feel like mine was ninety eight point four. I need to look it up. But there was something that said. Are you trying to find it? No, I was just. We should post it though. Um, yeah, we can the that. ranges for your temperature are really interesting. And again, I had been taking mine long enough that I knew my normal is from here to here. Yeah. So if it gets above this particular line, yeah. that's when things have changed. Um, and stay there. Yeah. But those are, I feel like those are most of the things we did. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, that kind of brings us to when you got pregnant. Yeah, that brings us to... So, month seven, between month seven and eight was when we did a lot of this. Month seven, I had another really hard time because it was Christmas. Mm -hmm. And um, my period was either going to start on Christmas Eve or I was going to take a positive pregnancy test. And my period started. And I just... I don't know. Sarah and I have talked about this before. When you're trying to get pregnant, you go through all of these scenarios where you're like, if I got pregnant this month, I could tell people at Christmas or I could tell people on Thanksgiving and you just go through all of these scenarios. And so for me, that was a scenario. I, I honestly, during month seven had become more positive again. I had like two weeks off from school and I had really been reading my Bible more, listening to podcasts. I feel like I had finally like which LOL, I feel like I finally gave this over to God a little bit more. And then it happened. And then we got pregnant. (laughs) Um, Amazing how that that works. (laughs) I know. I'm like, the amount of times we go through that, we are so like... um, I've got this. We're like the people in Exodus. The... The Israelites. Stop it. You know this. Wasn't it the Israelites? <laughs> yes, it yeah. was the Israelites. Yeah. Yeah. We're like the Israelites and you read the book of Exodus and you get pissed at them because they don't trust God 87 times and yeah. you're like, I would never do that. And then we do it all the time. Yes. Anyways. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that month was really hard for me, but I also feel like I had the time off school. I really connected with God again. And then month eight, we got pregnant. Yeah. To start the new yeah. year, which was also cool because I was like, we started the new year this way. Yeah. Like, I will always remember, like, January was actually really hard for our family. We had some, like, scary news yeah. um, for people we really care about. And so it was such a joy to be able to have some good news That's in the true. midst of it. Yeah. 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 yeah but what? blessed. So blessed oh, that we're pregnant. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We can talk about that more. And Wait, I want to talk about this, too, once Sarah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just was going to say one thing that I love, um, and I know you talked about it earlier about like keeping your thoughts captive and not sharing them and being open and giving people Mm -hmm. the opportunity to like speak Mm -hmm. love and truth into your life. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love that Maria was so open and transparent on social media, like around Mm -hmm. Christmas you posted and you were like, you know, yeah, I think it was at month seven when I started talking about it on social media. So do you feel like you made the decision to be more open about it after realizing or reading about keeping your thoughts captive? Do you feel like that there was like any correlation between, um, I think that was something just different. I think possibly, I think also I just was like, I'm just really passionate about babies and life and like making moms feel like they can support their babies and give them life. And I wanted people to know, like, like, I feel like it was coming from a place like a really good place right now yeah. because it's all I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also will say I've struggled with anxiety a lot, which I can talk about more in the future. But I remember like two and a half years ago when I told people I was struggling with anxiety, um, the flood of support I got and also the people that were like, I always say it's the people that make you feel less crazy. Like sometimes, again, the devil makes you feel like you're in isolation. So you're like, I'm the only one who's anxious. I'm the only one who's ever felt this way. What's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. I'm crazy. And then you tell people and they're like, oh my gosh, Maria, me too. I've been on anxiety medication forever, blah, blah, blah. And so this was kind of the same way. I feel like once I told people, I not only felt support and prayers from so many good friends, but also 
I told Sarah, there are so many people that, um, you just see their babies, you know, you just see a pregnancy announcement and their babies. And a lot of them, you never know what they've gone through. Right. What their journey was. Yeah. And so the amount of people that are like, I have two healthy kids and I tried for two years with the first one, or Mm -hmm. I did have to go on fertility medication to get Mm -hmm. pregnant or, I went through loss before this, and now I'm so thankful we have our baby. And just being like, oh my gosh, I'm so not alone in this. Um, For sure. I know. What I'm going through is normal. Yes. And that's what I was going to say is is this kind of stuff is something that women and couples have struggled with for centuries. Mm -hmm. But it's... For sure. You know, times were different and people weren't always open about Mm -hmm. that. Just like they probably Mm -hmm. weren't as open about miscarriage. But now, and I don't know if it's just like times are changing, social media... You know, people have like the internet at their fingertips, but people are so much more open about, you know, these experiences. And I do feel like it gives, you know, like solidarity, like, okay, I'm Mm -hmm. not doing this alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're able, maybe through your story, you're able to encourage someone else. And um, one thing I was going to ask, I know you said that it was like some, it was hard for you to hear people say like whenever you would tell them that you were trying and, you know, hadn't gotten pregnant and people would say like, oh, what's going to happen? You're going to get pregnant. What yeah. do you feel like is something that would be helpful for like for someone to have said to you or now that you've right. experienced this, what would you mm-hmm. say to someone that is going through I this? I feel like that's a really good question. Um, Sorry, I'm I putting you on the spot. Say, no, it's really good. I talked about this the other day, I think. Um, I feel like it's, number one, I want to say, I always, I, I know those people are coming from a good place. Yeah, yes, um, When they say, sure. you'll get pregnant, don't worry. It's just like a Band-Aid. Like they just want to fix it and yes. make you smile and make you feel hope. And so I know that it's not coming from a bad place. Right. Um, but I feel like something that would be like better to say is like, how can I support you right now? Or yeah. I'm praying for you. Or I know that God's working some way, somehow. Um, but that's something else I wanted to say. I really came to the conclusion, um, which was really hard to come to, um, and he did it anyways, but I came to the conclusion that God did not owe me this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the world will sometimes tell you otherwise. Like the world mm-hmm. will be like, you can, you'll get pregnant, you'll get pregnant, blah, blah, blah. Manifest like it into the world and it will happen. woman enough if... Right. You can't do the one thing you were made to do, which is not true. Right. And so I had come to the conclusion, like, he doesn't owe me a biological child. I believed that we would become parents somehow, some way. Yeah. Um, But that was also cool because then when – I also think I might have said this in our trying to get pregnant episode, but that's okay. Then when we got pregnant, my immediate emotion was just so in awe of God. And I kept saying to Spencer, I was like, he didn't have to do this for us. And he did like that just amazed me. It still amazes me to this day. Like he did not have to do this for us. There is no part of him that owed us a biological child. Yeah. And yet he's making it happen. And it just like, it just blew my mind. That's something too, that I remember even like saying to Justin and experiencing and it didn't Mm -hmm. like, because it didn't take us eight months mm-hmm. to get pregnant. I still right. felt like I am not deserving of this. Oh, for you sure. Know? But I'm like, but his, he loves to give good gifts and he yeah. loves for us to be happy. And that doesn't always mean everything mm-hmm. is going to be easy right. for sure. Right. Right. But in the hard things, he's growing us and refining us mm-hmm. and drawing us to him. And it mm-hmm. totally makes us realize like that we need him. We cannot yeah. do this by ourselves. And sure. so I think that's, and I also think, and I have totally 
been able to look back on seasons of my life where there are like times of uncertainty and waiting and feeling like this is never going to happen, whatever it may be. But it's so amazing and humbling to look back and his timing and his plan are so, so, so much better than what we ever right. could have imagined, <clears throat> which in well, the moment. It's just like a, a fun fact that my mom brought up the other day, and I think we'd actually thought about it before that. Um, if we would have gotten pregnant when we started, I'd be giving birth during this pandemic right yeah. now. Um, yeah. which number one, I've been praying so much for women that, that are, are going through that. Yes. And it's not that God loves you any less. I told my mom the other day, I was like, I think it's like God knew I couldn't handle it. <laughs> like he was like, yeah. Maria needs to give birth when there's not a pandemic because that which would be too much, which hopefully is yeah. the case. We yes, hope we have, this like, is over. We still have a while to go, but we'll see. Um, but we laughed about that in retrospect. I was mm-hmm. like, Look at what would be happening right now and the people that probably wouldn't be able to come see our baby until this is over because yes. we have elderly people in our lives that we don't want to be susceptible. And so that was crazy. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you one thing before we go. I know we're going really long. And she's, but, she's pointing um, at Spencer, by the way. Yeah, Spencer. <laughs> um, I feel like his perspective on this was really cool and also grounding. Like I feel like he had a really... I don't want to say healthy, but kind of healthy perspective on all of this that really helped me. But also, I don't know. I just feel like you really supported me in really cool ways through this. Hmm. What was your perspective like? Uh, Well, I think I kind of already said it. Just knowing that if it was going to happen, it would happen on his time. And Mm -hmm. I also, you, like your passion is to raise kids. And I think that's something that God finds great and for me it was no matter how hard it's going to be we're going to have a child Mm -hmm. of some sort whether it was adoption or fostering or like whatever um I was just excited and I knew that Mm -hmm. we were going to do everything we could to have Mm -hmm. a kid (laughs) and you know a biological kid is awesome and I'm so excited we're pregnant and that's what I wanted more than anything else but at the same time, I just knew, like, it's such a good passion of yours. And I think it's something that is worth fighting for no matter yeah. what, you know, way it comes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I saw it. And I also think you had, though, like, a really good... I mean, I, I really was a basket case through some of these months. Yeah. And I think it was funny. We talked about the other day, sometimes I would almost be mad at Spencer because I was like, why aren't you sobbing on the floor with me? Yeah. You know, well, I like, I don't too, understand. Like, it, you know, being the male, I guess. Yeah, like, that's what it's I was not, say. I mean, it could have been biologically my um, problem that was happening during sure. trying to conceive, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's as much of a toll. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially since you are going to have to carry the baby for mm-hmm. nine months. Like, your body is, like, mm-hmm. the home for this little yeah. this little baby. And I think it was, <laughs> it was so much more to you that we weren't getting pregnant because it felt like something's wrong with me. And, right. like, mm-hmm. what else could be wrong with me? And, like, you know, how much difficulty are we going to have yeah. with it? So I think there was a lot mentally, emotionally, hormonally that was going on with you yes. that wasn't with me. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to be grounded and I kind of felt through it that that's kind of the way God intended no, us to No, that's be. what I was going to say. It because, for sure was. Yeah. It's more of an out of body thing for me. Yeah. So I was able to just be more grounded in 
Well, and you guys complement each other really well. Like, well, yeah, I mean, if this isn't an analogy for our relationship, I don't know what is <laughs> because really. Justin's um, smiling because he's like, yeah, the same thing over here. I'm the yeah, one in the floor sure. crying, sobbing, throwing a fit. And he's like right. rational, level-headed. Right. But Spencer's like, praise it's the Lord. fine. Yeah. Oh, yes. Literally. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really, that's what I wanted to say. I thought it was really, there were totally moments where I was like, why aren't you as upset as me? But mm-hmm. I was really thankful at the end of it for how optimistic Spencer was. And mm-hmm. also, like, I really do feel like he had a healthy, and I don't want to get too, like, women power on here. But um, I feel like he did have a healthy perspective being like, babe, I do realize, like, there are some things you're feeling that I probably won't feel. Yeah. Because I know this isn't going to happen in my body. Right. Um, but I, I feel like that was a good... I think, too, the hardest part for me was not that we weren't getting pregnant. It was, like, how much of a toll it was taking on you. Yes. And I almost wondered if, like, that toll was causing it not to happen. You mm-hmm. know, like, there right. can yeah. be, like, stress and things like mm-hmm. that can be an issue, too. So Absolutely, yeah. For me, I was kind of like, how do I try to keep us, like, level-headed and cool right. about this and, like, comfortable and, like, give it up to God in a way that, yeah. like we're okay with what happens and, right. you know, hopefully you're okay <laughs> Yeah. with it. Yeah. Spencer, do you have, like, what advice would you have for, like, husbands? I know uh, you probably th- said most of what you would say, but anything else that yeah. you would add? Well, I mean, I think also, you know, each woman's going to be different with how yes. they take it. And, I mean, some women might be okay that they can't get pregnant or maybe they've always wanted to adopt. I just think trying to meet your wife in the place she's in yes. and mm-hmm. try to empathize as much as you can mm-hmm. and be okay, not okay, but allow her and be okay yeah. with her sobbing on the yeah, floor. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, like, Spencer never looked at me in all of this and said, like, what's get wrong up? with you? <laughs> I mean, obviously he knows, like, that would have not ended well. Yeah. yeah. But he did. Like, he, he let me have those moments mm-hmm. while still being grounded and positive and optimistic and faithful and loving. Um, yeah. And I for think sure. too, like going back to like, I just wanted her to be okay. Like, but that really wasn't what it was about to her. So like, as much as I was like, I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. So let's not think about this or something. I also had to be like, but her being happy right now is not going to make her happy right now. Like right. I have to meet her and be like, this sucks. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. like, I know you're sad and like maybe you need to be like we probably should be like yeah you know so just meeting meeting you there and yeah trying I love to understand that. Mm-hmm. yeah that's I think great. that's great that's, that's totally great. what you did awesome <laughs> totally. awesome I feel like I'm I'm decently done for the moment which is amazing because I could literally talk about this forever. that was great oh I did yeah. want to say one more thing and I'm not gonna make it too long um as much as I was open on social media, mm-hmm. I also really struggle with comparison. And so yes. something else that I heard people talk about was like, if you need to unfollow people for mm-hmm. a season that are getting pregnant and posting bump pics every day or whatever, mm-hmm. you don't need to feel bad about that. And I remember like, I feel bad about that. Cause like, for example, Sarah was pregnant when we were trying to get yeah. pregnant. Right. And I never got to the point where I felt like I needed to do that. I really didn't. Um, 
But I remember people saying that and being like, that is really true because it, it's just, and honestly, we think about it. We don't need social media to survive, right? right. So like, right. get off of it for a season. Correct. <laughs> like get off of it for a season and breathe. Yeah. Um, That's my job. And yeah, get off social media. Right. There's such a, there's such a crazy healthy balance in that, but it really is because, I mean, I have a friend who suffered some really bad loss lately, Mm -hmm. um, with her, she lost her baby when she was like a month old and she's totally had to do that. And I will look at her every day until she stops doing it and say, you deserve to do that for a bit. Like if you need to take a breather, um, that's okay because, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean you hate that person. It doesn't mean you're unhappy for that person. It just means you might not need constant reminders mm-hmm. that other people are pregnant or other people's babies are healthy when yours are not. Right. Um, and I feel like, again, there's a healthy balance in that, but that's something that... Yeah. It's also just another place for Satan to be like... Totally. Don't you wish you were there? Right. Look at that really cute pic that you don't get to take right now. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. That's my last little no, thing. No, I love that. I think that that yeah. is a great reminder. And, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I think that that is important for people. And even, like, and... instead of being on Instagram scrolling through bump pics, take a minute to pray about it or go read your Bible or, you know, do something more constructive than mm-hmm. sitting there and semi-mourning what you're not going right. through. Right. So. And I think yeah. ultimately... Um, just still like trusting and knowing that God is good, mm-hmm. even in the midst of, mm-hmm. you know, struggles and that he's faithful and that these are the mm-hmm. things that make us realize that we need him mm-hmm. and he totally is growing and teaching and refining us yeah, in for whatever sure. season or struggle, whatever that mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Well, thank you guys for sharing. I know that. <laughs> Was a lot and um, a lot of personal stuff, but I know that, and hopefully it will bless some people listening and maybe you guys, the listeners can share it with maybe someone, maybe you didn't struggle with getting pregnant, right? um, but maybe you know someone that Mm -hmm. has had a hard time with that. So please feel free. Or if you have any advice for how you got through it or someone else got through it, then maybe share that with us. Please For sure. Yeah, or just reach out to our personal channels too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're here For to sure. try to help bring joy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we will be back soon with our next episode. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be helpful if you would subscribe or leave us a rating and review. And feel free to follow us and join the conversation at the Cold Coffee Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. We wish we could have coffee with each of you, but since we can't, we'd love to send a gift card to the first two people who share this episode on their Instagram story and tag us in the post. Once again, thanks for joining us on the Cold Coffee Podcast.